but yet we rejoice over the suffering and pain that Jesus went through because we can for it means for us the salvation of our souls for them that believe that Jesus is, Fife says, He is. And I just got a sense when I was just in praise and worship that as you read through the, the history of Israel, there was a guy called King David. He was just a worshiper. And he came after King Saul. King Saul was rigid, but King David was a worshiper. And then there was just this picture as the temple was coming back to far the place that it should have been. In David's household, that he just went wild in praise and adoration. And his wife mocked him. And he says, look, I might have to get even more undignified than this. And there's something about, sometimes in praise and worship, especially British people, we like to keep our dignity. You know, we're awful bothered about what people think about us and what try and do the little shuffle, the Pentecostal, just this is my, my boundary line. And now you go to a church in, in Africa and it, they didn't care about spaces or places or what it sounds like, what things smell like. It's just a ruckus or beautiful madness. But British people, we like our spaces. Well, like our rigidness, but I just believe that I'm going to share God's Word, and I'm going to encourage us at the end as we partake of the emblems, we're not looking for a fleshly ruckus either, but for people just to even close their eyes and forget everything around about them, and just know that Jesus is with them. And for some people, that's being undignified. And for other people, it's a Pentecostal two-step and the hop, skip, and jump. But there's something beautiful about being undignified before Jesus and then closing your eyes and thinking, God, I'm here for you. Thank you for your blood. You did it for me. You did it for the world. But yes, you did it for me. The title of our message is Famous Last Words. It's a term we use just in daily life sometimes. If somebody's going to say something and the opposite might happen, we'll say famous last words. Like we believe it was going to be a beautiful morning this morning as we met to pray. Some, if you said that, you'd say famous last words because it'll probably rain. I'm very hesitant to say if I was going to win the league the Scottish Premier League, because it would be famous last words, Jasmine, that's right, she's a big Rangers fan. So I'm hesitant to say these things, because it's usually the famous last words. There's a few, as I googled, there's a few famous people with famous last words. A couple of strangings. Winston Churchill in 1965, his last words was, after going through wars and whatnot, I'm bored with it all, was his last words. And then he breathed his last. George Best, do you mind him? Wayward lad, great football player. His last words was really sad. Don't die like I did. And then he breathed his last. The public last words were Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll. Great gospel singer as well. His last words before he went off stage and then he went home into his bathroom. His I hope I haven't bored you. 
I hope I haven't bored you. And it became sort of his last words as he went off stage. Beethoven, his last words. Friends, it's time to applaud for this life of comedy is over. Strange, eh? Bob Marley, money can't buy life. Leonardo da Vinci, the great artist, said these words, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. The greatest artist almost ever lived thought that he offended God and mankind because his work didn't come up to scratch. The famous last words or something special about the last words that you hear people speak. The bedside of us experienced a loved one at their last, those last words, and you, rem- you always remember the last words. Remember going through tragedies growing up, we chums just lost our lives cut short, and you always remember, you remember the last words. Could have been something so insignificant that was said between the two years, but suddenly they become significant if it was the last thing that was ever said between the two years. That's why in a marriage you have to keep short accounts, haven't you? Like you didn't want the last words to be, why are you keeping that toilet seat up? Oh no. You want the last words to be something beautiful if I could ask you to write if your last words would be given the opportunity and you might not get the opportunity. I wonder if you would write to the people left behind, how would you sum up your life? It would be such a difficult task. Famous last words. But here we see a picture of Jesus on the cross in John chapter 19. I just didn't want to give you the fact that Jesus died on a cross. It's important to understand not just the historical what, but also the why. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Go right back to the original garden, the Garden of Eden, when humanity sinned against God. And we would all agree that for criminals and people that do bad things, there must be some sort of punishment. There must be some sort of discipline. And humanity grievously rebelled against God. And God says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And then if it was instituted during the time of Moses with the sacrificial lamb, that the priest at the time would put the sins through the blood or the lamb, that God would see the blood, and then forgiveness for the priest and the nation would be wrought through the blood of the lamb. But then that would be a continual thing, month after month, year after year. But God's plan was always, I love this verse that says Christ was crucified before the foundations of the world. That means is before man of our sin, God had a solution to the problem. And man's problem was this rebellion against God, hopelessly lost in our own sin and shame, but yet Christ would come to shed His blood at Calvary would grow up spotless and blameless. He knew no sin, yet he died a criminal's death. The motive was not anger. Sometimes we get the picture that the God was really angry, and so Jesus came. 
but the motive was pure love to His creation as we sang, for God so loved the world. And these is just coming to the close, His close, or His life, His fleshly life at least. He's been battered, He's been bruised, His nail-pierced hands, a crown of thorns upon His head. He's been whipped beyond recognition or honor, recognition of fit he was before. His followers were scattered, and he was alone on the cross. And John records this. Standing near the cross was Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciples he loved, he says to her, Dear woman, here is your son. He says to his disciples, here is your mother. And from then on, his disciples took her into his home. I read this this morning during our prayer time together. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. He was on a mission. And suddenly his mission on earth is coming to an end. His mission is saving, is seek that which is lost. He said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said his famous last words that eclipses George Best's last words, eclipses Elvis Presley's last words and Beethoven's last words. He said these words, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. People's final words are so important. Christ's final words on the cross, it is finished. It is done. The mission of salvation is complete. That word there in the original is tetelestai. And one of the most famous worship leaders in the UK, if not Europe, but definitely the northeast of Scotland and most definitely this church, has got it tattooed on his arm. You want to show the good people here? Yes. <laughs> you get a round of applause for a few people. Now I'm doing so. Tetaleste. It means it is finished. And it was used a few times in the culture back then. And I'm just going to pull out a few of them. Because the hearers there would have known from Jesus says, Tetaleste, there would have been a few cultural things that came to mind. An artist, when the artist was completing their work, is there only artists here? As far as the arty people, oh, Violet's, Violet's a strong, no. You're an artist, Sarah's an artist, only male artists. I'm an artist. Ruth, she's gone, she likes and puffins and stuff like that. An artist doesn't just sit once, draw a picture, and that's it done. Am I right, aren't they, people? But I nod of the heed. 
those drafts to be made, those pencils or outlines, they look at once, they go away. There's this thing called touching up. Am I right? Am I still on safe ground? So they can come back and just do little, little corrections here and there, then go away. Then they can come back and do a few more added things until an artist said in this tradition, until they said, Tetaleste, it is finished. It was never finished. It would never have been complete unless an artist proclaimed, This is Tetaleste, it's done. So when Jesus said, Tetaleste, to an artist, he was saying, This is a complete work. My work here is finished. That Jesus did fit was necessary. He loved the Father completely. He didn't do too much miracles. He didn't do too less miracles. He didn't preach too much or too less. But Christ's mission was entirely complete. That wasn't in there mere corrections to be made. He didn't have to go away for a second look. He didn't have to examine again, and the Father didn't have to examine sin and suffering and the gift of salvation again. This God is an artist that His plan of salvation was complete in Christ Jesus. And as we look at the finished work of the cross, we need to embrace and say, Hallelujah, His work was complete, nay lacking nothing. The exact amount of blood shed on the cross was sufficient for our humanity to be forgiven. It's a complete work, tetaleste. And as we enter into the complete work of Jesus, we realize it's His complete work that completes us. Without His complete work, we are incomplete. Before Christ, before we believe in Jesus and have faith in Him, some of you will remember how it felt just to live incomplete, like something was missing in your life. You didn't care for to believe. You didn't care fit to hope for. You didn't care. You sort of had this idea that the big bang wasn't really true. That we couldn't have just come for little bits of bacteria that suddenly became fish and then suddenly jumped out and did a while with our fins and got lungs and then grew up and been monkeys and monkeys turned to us and in between when they sure fit happened. We sort of gauged that even that wasn't believable. We didn't care for us to believe that something was incomplete and when we met Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. We still had a lot of questions, but there was something that completed us body, soul, and spirit. And Christ and Christ alone it completes us. And that Christ plus our tithes and offerings, Christ alone is your salvation. Now Christ plus our time given to ministry and to good deeds. It's Christ. He is enough. For his work is Tetelestai. It is complete. 
The best picture of that, and some people had it on Facebook this week, was a picture of the thief on the cross. I couldn't get baptized. I couldn't go to church. I couldn't sing a hymn. I couldn't really pray. I couldn't gather stuff about the poor. I couldn't do good deeds. couldn't do bad deeds. Just believe that Jesus was five says he was, and Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. How could he say that? Tetelestai, because Christ is the complete Savior in and of himself. There was another why it had been used in the culture, and it would be if you got a loan for somebody, if you was indebted to somebody, we'd steal this a day for buying up a car, mortgage, things like that. The, the, the day of the final payment, if a Jewish person had taken money out or money against something and was paying it up, the day of the final payment, and only then, and only then, never before then, and if there's two months to go or two weeks to go, only then would the debtor write Tetelesti. It is finished. Paid in full. Paid in full. There was nothing more to be paid. There was nothing more to be given. There was nothing more to be done. Praise God that when Jesus says, Tetelestai on the cross, not only was that a complete work, but it was a work that declared your sin, your debt against God is paid in full. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us for all unrighteousness. You cannot outsend His grace. That is nay a push to try and get you to sin, lords, and to go back for some great forgiveness. But though you are the worst of all sinners, there's always a way back through Tetelestai, paid in full. Is the arm of the Lord too short? to save. No. Is your sin as great as it might be? Is it too great that God cannot forgive you? No. You might be the worst public sinner and you've got a reputation in the community and you've done some horrible things. Then God could still speak our your life paid and full. Come back to God, we open arms as we have been singing. But you might be the greatest private sinner. Nobody just, nobody cares for you get up to. But yet you can come back to Jesus and Christ will say, paid and full. You might be a medium sinner. You might be a little sinner. Little sinners still need forgiven just as much as big sinners. Paid in full. See, when I hear these words, and you can, you're a person in need of mercy, it just marks my heart sing. There's nothing more that I can do 
God has done it all. I just need to put my cell at the mercy of Jesus Christ and realize it was a complete work and he paid it in full. The debtor would know, Tetaleste, you are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. The last point was a priest. We have the artist, it's a complete work. We have the sinner, the debtor, it's a paid in full work. And lastly, the sacrificial system, as I explained, the sacrificial law that used to have to be done under the old covenant to deal with lambs and goats. You read through the Old Testament, it is a tough read for them that's doing their Bible plan. They had to get a spotless, you had to examine the sacrifice. It had to be a spotless for God wouldn't they accept a defective sacrifice. And there was other rituals and it had to be done through the letter of the law. And how the lamb had to be cut and fit it to be removed and fit could be used. And everybody, every element within the temple had to be spread with the blood or the lamb. And the most holy of places you couldn't approach God without this sacrifice. Then Jesus said, it is finished. Tetelestah. The religious system and the religious priests would have knew exactly what he meant. Because only once the lamb was slain and the blood was shed and forgiveness was wrought through the blood, could the priest then go outside the temple and proclaim to the people, Tetelestai, it is finished. The lamb of God has been slain. Christ put an end. I don't think we really appreciate this. He put an end to the all sacrificial system. Could you imagine if we had to come here on a Sunday and I was clothed as a priest with an ephod on and a hoodie? And the only way you could approach God was if I did my job right before coming in. You would be relying on me to get it right so that forgiveness could be made. In this place, if it was a temple, there would be blood away. I think it to be washed. I think it to be dipped in the blood. We go it easy. Because I take a less time, it is finished. Behold, God says, the old is gone and I'm doing a new thing. No longer had to go to a farmer's market to pick up a spotless lamb, but to recognize that the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, took away the sin of the world. We got it easy through faith, which should set our hearts leaping that we're not under the law, but we're under grace, and we can come with your suits. We can come with your jackets. We can come with your jeans. We can come with your dress trousers. We can come with your shirts or sarks. We can come as we are into the very presence 
oh God. And as a holy, a holy, that we can know Him intimately, we can hear His heart, we can commune with God through Jesus Christ through faith. What a gift! What a gift! If you was under the old covenant, you would maybe need a prophet between you and God to get the word of the Lord. God says, a shepherd, he's a shepherd, and my sheep will hear my voice. Famous last words, it is finished. Are you grateful for that words? It is finished. It's a beautiful masterpiece. It's a complete work. It's a finished work. It's an end to the all sacrificial system work. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to praise and worship Jesus. We're going to partake of the emblems. But listen to this. He said, It is finished. But he didn't say, I am finished. It seems to be the theme of the day. If you observe this morning, if like Gibbs shared, it's to be reminded that the cross was not the end of Christ. It was the end of the mission of salvation. It is finished with his last words on the cross pertaining to his earthly mission. But it's not the last thing he ever said. It is finished before he died, before he breathed his last, it was his last, famous last words, before his heart stopped pumping and his lungs stopped breathing. But praise God. It wasn't at the end of Jesus. And it wasn't at the end of the story. And because he completed his mission on earth, he rose again in victory. As his sacrifice went up to the Father as a pleasing aroma. And he made a way for there seemed to be no way. And people like you and people like me get to enjoy the complete work of the cross. Praise God that he rose again. And it was finished on the cross. But in another sense, Christ's not finished yet. For he rose again in power. And the evidence he was, for I says he was. And the prophetic words that he already put forth, that he would raise a temple again, came true when we look at the empty tomb. And they tried to conde condemn him and contain him. But he burst forth in glory and power and majesty. And the work of Christ was not finished, for he went to his disciples and he caused their hearts to burn. Once again, he cooked them a meal at the seashore. He reconnected with Peter and told them to go and feed his lambs. He told them to wait for the preciousness of the Holy Spirit because Christ, Christ is not finished yet. And if Christ was finished with the world, he would be back. But he still has a plan of salvation for you. He still has a plan of salvation for your family. He still has a plan of salvation for this tune in the northeast of Scotland. He is still speaking. He is still moving. Because our Christ is not finished yet. 
And I think it's on me as well. We've got to close this part of the service. And then we've got to worship the Christ that has never finished with us yet. But I want us just to bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. I don't care about you in here. I don't care about your circumstances. <clears throat> but it's the gospel that Christ has preached. It's good to ask if you want to respond to the complete work of Christ. And there's nothing magical about this. It's just confirming that you want in your heart before God. And I believe each one of you has came here this evening for a reason. For some, it's to enjoy the Good Friday service because you're saved and you're already full of hope. But you're maybe in here this evening, you've been asked by somebody else, and you came confused. You wondered about hope. You wondered if Christ could really offer you. You have been to doctors, you've seen the psychiatrists, and you're just wondering, what can this Jesus offer me? The other people haven't managed to offer. And you've heard these words, it is finished. And at the start of the journey, God doesn't require your money or marry your time. The journey starts through faith. That is the new way. The old way through works. Get to God. The new way through faith in Jesus, you receive the finished work of the cross. And you become a new creation. And you comfort, we say, you're saved for eternity. And Christ says nothing can snatch you for his hands and nothing will be able to separate you for the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus forevermore. And you will see him face to face, not as a stranger, but as a friend. The start of the journey just happens with a simple prayer of thanking Christ for his cross and his finished work. And if you're here, and here this evening, and if you want to be included in that prayer, just boldly, it's a bold move. But Christ boldly died for you. You pop your hand, it doesn't matter if it edge you are, if it back down your face, pop your hand and just say, I want to be included in a prayer of salvation. If that's you, I'll see your hand, I'll acknowledge your hand, and then we'll all pray together. We've got to get with 30 seconds, and I can throb these out in here. The night with the Lord, you might want to come back to Jesus. Okay, I see that hand. Thank you. Or at my right hand side. God bless you. That's one person saying, I want Jesus. I've been missing something. I see that hand at the back. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I finished work. Tita Lester. I'm Merwick indeed, but say thank you, Jesus.
Just 10 more seconds and then we'll pray. Praise God for the two people like that are coming to know Christ first as an initial salvation or coming back to Jesus. Then ask if Abdi in here, including that two people, if you believe in Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer, Wima. Just encourage the two people. Come into Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. I believe you, Jesus. You are the Son of God, you are the Son of Man. You came to save and to seek that which was lost. I come before you in need of forgiveness. Forgive me, Jesus, for my sin and for my shame. But I thank you for the finished work of the cross. And I believe right now that your blood has power to cleanse me. Cleanse me, Jesus, and make me whole. Fill me of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand in his presence. Let's give God thanks. Let's put our hands together for his salvation, his power, and the blood.